Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Last time I prayed, it snowed anyway. And, and the enemy doesn't want me to pray because there was the you. You know? But I'm going to keep praying because I believe in what I'm praying for. I believe it's good for, the, for Lynchburg and surrounding areas. Well, what do you think? Do you think it's good for Lynchburg and surrounding areas that every church having service today, tonight, and they can enjoy it and want no problem. And the teachers, the students, they can still be off on Tuesday if they want to be off. You know? <laughs> well, you know? Yeah. So anyway. So it's good to be it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad when they said let us go to the house of the Lord? Amen. Yeah. That's scripture. Yeah. Today we start a new um, new series and it's the uh, letter of Paul to the Philippians. And, and um, I really like it. You know, I said letter. Uh, we call it the epistle uh, to the Philippians. Epistle means letter. Uh, it's interchangeable. Uh, it's, it's a great, a great book. And we need to uh, have books of the Bible that we go through as well as uh, teaching topically too. I think both are, uh, I know both are, are very instrumental in us learning. So today we're going to do the, the epistle of the book of Philippians. And we'll be doing this for at least four Sundays. And today we're going to try to cover chapter one. So if you open your Bibles to chapter one of Philippians, we will start there. Now, I think it's, it's really going to be a great study. I'm already been blessed uh, because even though you read it number, uh, numerous of times, it's still there are things to learn. It's, the Spirit of God can show you things as you are reading, as you're meditating, as you're studying uh, what he's saying. He gives you things you say, hmm, I haven't seen that before. You read it, but you say, yeah, I haven't seen that before. So uh, I think that's, that's going to be good. One of the things that's important to know is that this book, this letter, uh, it, it uh, tells us a lot of things about rejoicing. It, and one of the central ideas is, is uh, keeping joy in the midst of whatever we're going through. It's, it's about joy and rejoicing. A couple other phrases are, are repeated numerous times as we will see uh, and, and pay attention to that is that you're here in the Lord, in Christ Jesus. Uh, you know, it, it's going to repeat that numerous times in this book. And, and it does that in a lot of books. You have key things that's, that's repeated a lot, a lot of times, and that's very important. And it's going to help us in our glorifying Christ in the midst of situations, because we'll find out a little bit more about Paul. Now, Paul, when he wrote this letter, uh, it, it, they had sent a, another gift to Paul, and he, Paul was in, in prison in Rome. Now, now in the second missionary journey, uh, Paul had founded this church in, in uh, Philippi, and Timothy was with him during his time, 
So that's why it says in verse 1, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus. It's not that Timothy was writing it or helping him to write it. It's just that they were together when they found the church. And so he included him because he's with them also during this time. And it says bondservants. And bondservants, that, that Greek word is called doulos. And that, that, that means that they are bound by love to serve Jesus Christ. And one of the commentaries said they were bound by cavalry. They were bound by cavalry uh, to serve uh, Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to be. I think we want to serve Christ out of love and what he did for us on Calvary. Would you agree with that? And, and these, the, when, you, when, you're, when you're due lost, you're a slave, you're a servant for life. So, and Paul was a servant for life. So we should be servants for life, shouldn't we? Uh, it's not, it's not a, uh, you know, just a temporary thing. This is an eternal thing. It's eternal. Our, serv- our servitude to Jesus Christ. And we're not serving man. We're not serving a church. We're not serving a family. We're serving Jesus Christ. And that's what it says in verse 1. Now, in, in verse 2, it says, To the saints in Christ Jesus. You see that? In Christ Jesus. It, 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 talking to the saints. The saints are called out. They, they are called out assembly. And, and they are set aside to God from the world. So we have saints in Christ Jesus, who are in, in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. So we see, we see group, two, three groups of people that he's named. He's named the saints. He's named the overseers, and some, uh, the King James probably said the bishops. And, and, and bishops, uh, if you look in Timothy uh, chapter 3 and Titus, it'll tell you that we're talking about the, the elders, in its plural, the elders of the church and the deacons. And so we have three groups of people he's talking to. The, the, the overseers and the deacons, they are the officers. They have two officers in the church, uh, according to Timothy. Um, that's the, the, the overseers of the elders and the, and the deacons. And it says, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And so... He, he, he's speaking uh, to it's, it's, it's a personal greeting. That's how they, they greeted people. That's a personal greeting in the writing. And then he's talking about uh, uh, gratitude because of this gift. Because they, they were sending money uh, to Paul throughout his missionary uh, journeys. And they sent it to him even though he was in prison. They found out he's in prison. And they didn't... Uh, shrink back from supporting Paul, they sent a gift also. And then it says, I thank God in all my remembrance of you, always offering, offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all in view of your participation. And that participation is what uh, uh, the Greek word for that is koinonia. And it's, it's what we do once a month uh, usually the first of the month, uh, we'll have a communion. It's the same word. Cornelia, communion, participation, fellowship. He's saying that. And, and what they were doing in their view of their participation, they were partners because it's partnership. They were partners with Paul in his missionary journeys uh, by, by helping to support Paul during this time. So he's saying, in view of your participation, 
in the gospel, that's very important, in the gospel from this, from the first day until now. So throughout their, his, his work on the mission field, uh, this church participated in that. Um, we have Clem Ferris. He signs his uh, emails to me. He says, when I go, you go. In other words, he sent it to all his partners, the same email. He sent the same email to all his partners. He said, when I go, you go. Because if you're helping, if you're praying for, for him, that's partnership too. That's very important. You'll see it a little uh, uh, further down in the, in the scripture. So that's very important. And it says, for I am confident of this one, this very thing, that he who began a good work in you We'll perfect it or complete it or finish it. That's what that perfect means. Perfect means. Until the day of Jesus Christ. And, and we, 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 uh, we, we quote that a lot of times. Uh, and we're getting it from that particular uh, verse right there. Is that he who began a good work in you will complete it. Uh, until the day of Christ. Until he comes back. And isn't that true? Because it's the Spirit of God who has been given us, lives in us, and he's taken us from glory to glory. He's helping us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's what he's doing. And so uh, he who began a good work in us when we got saved, because that's a good work. Oh, that's a good work. Uh, and it takes uh, the Trinity to do that. Um, he who began a good work in us will complete it. And there are other good works that they are doing. And so uh, he says that for it is only right for me to feel this way about you all. These must be southerners. Because I have you in my heart. Since both in my imprisonment, so he tells me he's, he's in prison in Rome. This was about 12 years after he founded the church. It was about 12 years. He founded the church, and 12 years later, he's in Rome, in prison, in jail, standing trial for his life. That's what that's what's going on during this time. And in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. Because it takes grace. Grace is an enabling Enabling by God to do a work. And, and God graced Paul to be an apostle and to start churches. And so that's what he was doing. And he, Paul is saying that, that since both my imprisonment and in a defense and confirmation, defense and confirmation is saying that, see, a lot of times Paul had to defend the gospel against opponents because there are people who were against Christ who didn't think uh, 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 that the Messiah had come and so Paul had to defend the gospel a lot of times to, to, to uh, false teachers and things but also it says in confirmation of the gospel because those who are already saved Paul a lot of times he just built the body of Christ up. He would go to uh, the different uh, churches he had started, and he would 
Just build them up. Build them up. Edify in the faith. Confirm what is going on and what he's already told them. So that's what it means by defense and confirmation of the gospel. They will partake of the grace with them. Verse 8. For God is my witness how, long, how I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Of Christ Jesus. Now, here he's saying, and you just think of it here. Here is a person born Jew, a Jew, Paul, and, and he is speaking to almost a Gentile church. And, and it, back when, they used to be against each other. And here Paul is, is saying that I long for you all with affection of Christ Jesus. He longed to be with them. He wanted to be with them. He wanted to visit them. And he couldn't visit them because they were he was in jail. And it didn't matter whether they were Gentiles, Jews. Uh, it didn't matter because they were all one in Christ. And that's what it should be now. It should be, we shouldn't be concerned about whether you are, are Baptist, whether you're Methodist, whether you're Presbyterian, whether you're Pentecostal, whether you're Charismatic, whether you're uh, whoever you are. If you're in Christ, then we should be, know that we agree with the scripture, we are one in Christ. The body of Christ is one in Christ. See? Now it says here, he goes into a prayer now in verse 9 to 11. It's a good prayer to, to learn to pray for, pray for people. Because uh, when, when you see prayers in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament, you say, oh my goodness gracious. He's not praying for them to, I hope they don't suffer like I suffer. He's not praying for them, I hope they are taken care of financially. He's not praying for their children. He's not praying for their marriages. Uh, but all of this is praying and it is to promote them to be able to carry the gospel and to exalt Jesus Christ. He says that in verse 9, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in the real knowledge of and, and all discernment. Now, he's saying here that he wanted their, their love to abound more and more. Now they love each other. They love God. But but isn't it a great prayer to can we love God more? Can we love each other more? Yeah, sure we can show love more and more uh, towards us. But it says in the real knowledge. Not just in head knowledge and in, in what hearsay, in real knowledge and in discernment, because it takes discernment, Paul is saying, in order to de to determine what's real, what's false and all those type of things, in order to, to really uh, take the gospel where we need to take it. It says that, so that, or because, you may approve the things, so that you may approve the things that are excellent. There are things that are excellent, there are things that are good, there are things that are not so good. He wants them to discern, have the real knowledge, which is the truth of God, and, and discernment, so that they would they would really approve things that are excellent. It, it, it's good to have uh, to, to, to choose something good, but not when it's something better. We need to choose the best. 
And when, if you're going to follow the Spirit, you're going to have to uh, choose the best because he's leading you to the best. The best that God is calling for because you don't want to miss God. And you can miss God by doing something good, but what God says, I want you to, I, I got something better for you. Now, which, which you want, God's best, or you just want something that's good? See, we want the best. And so he, he wants them to be able to discern what's excellent in order to be sincere, that sincere is pure, and blameless, that, that's, that's, that's not stumbling, you know, until the day of Christ. Not that we're going to be, he's not telling them, I, I'm praying that you will be without sin, that you'll never, 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 ever sin. Not one time you'll be like Jesus. He's not saying that to them. He's saying they'll be blameless. See, if you ever sin, First uh, John 1, 9 tells us what we need to do. What do we need to do if we sin? We need to confess our sin, right? Yeah, he's faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So that's what we need to do. And as long as we're doing that, we stay in right standing with God. That's what it takes humility to do that. And then it says here, until the day of, of, of Christ. So this is going to be going on. This is not going to be a one-time thing. This is not going to be something that you're going to just do here or there. It's to the day that Christ comes back. And it says in verse 7, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. And so it's like a tree. You want a tree, if you have an apple tree in your yard, you want a tree to be full of apples. And God says that he wants us to bear fruit and that our fruit may, may remain. And so that's what he's saying here, that, that, that we'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness, the things that come from right standing with Jesus Christ. Now, that's the first uh, 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 greeting and expressions of gratitude. Then it goes into a, c- a couple of other areas that we want to discuss. The, the next area, it goes into, uh, it, it expl- explains how Paul feels. Cause, because, see, we, we can learn, and that's what I'm learning here. When I was reading this, I said, wow, this is really cool. You because... Know, because even in, 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 in Paul's personal circumstances here, he wanted the gospel of Jesus Christ with, without any hindrance to be preached. That's what he wanted. He was passionate about it. In verse 12, it starts, Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. And you would think, now just think about it. Think about it. Um. <coughs> Excuse me. Just think about it here. Here it is. If somebody's in jail, it has done, the enemy has done what? Stop Paul from preaching the gospel. See, the enemy, that's what the enemy thinks. He has stopped Paul from pre- preaching the gospel. All, all Satan wants to do is to stop us from being fruitful in what Christ has called us to do. And Christ has called us to go into all the world to uh, make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them those things he has taught us. So Paul is going, and he is making, he is making disciples. He, he, Paul is going and, and, and bringing uh, people out of this clutches of hell, and he's, he, he's, he's uh, being a vessel that God is using to transport them into the kingdom of, uh, of God's dear son. And the, and the enemy does not like that. So the, the enemy said, well, I know what I'll do. Let's kill him. Because if you kill him, you got him. We'll, we're gonna, let's put him in jail, and let's, let's now accuse him of something, and then they'll, they'll kill him. Now we're done with Paul. We can, don't worry about this gospel no more, all this spreading about Jesus Christ. The devil doesn't have to worry about it. You would think. But what is Paul saying? Oh, my goodness gracious. Let me tell you something, Philippians. Let me tell you that even though you might think the gospel is being, being hindered, oh, the gospel is being proclaimed. It's being spread. That's what he's saying. And he's saying this. He says that, uh, he said, for the greater progress of the gospel. I've been in prison for the greater progress of the gospel so that in my imprisonment, in verse 13, in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole praetorium God and to everyone else. So, that, I mean, this thing is spreading. And now, and, uh, we're talking about praetorium God, uh, uh, one source says about 9,000 strong soldiers, and they were uh, supposed to protect the palace. And so, they were also uh, called to uh, keep prisoners prisoners. So this this praetorium God, what they would do is they would chain themselves to Paul. They would take turns. You know, you have uh, everybody got to take turns doing this thing. Now, can you imagine the excitement Paul had? I get somebody chained to me. They can't go anywhere. I'm going to proclaim this gospel. What is he going to do? I'm already in jail. He can't do anything to me. So therefore, I'm going to do this. Now, they rotate this praetorium guard. And so everybody changed like, oh, a new one. Oh, I got a new one now. And, and what would have happened, they would take this thing back to the other guard and say, man, I was saying, man, that dude, man, from the time I got there to the time I left, all he's talking about is Jesus Christ. Singing songs and all he asked me to sing. I told him I'm not going to sing, you know. And he asked me that I want to give my life to Christ. I told him I don't want to give my own belief in Christ. And he just on and on and on. I can't believe it. And he did, he did that to me too when I was with him last week. That's what he did to me too. And, and he's telling all the people there. And it's spreading through the whole Praetorium God. We're talking about 9,000 soldiers. And then it's everywhere else too. Wow. Will we do that? See, it, it gives me some encouragement that Paul is so passionate that being in jail because of, for Christ's sake, 
for proclaiming the gospel, he doesn't look at it as a, a hindrance. He looks at it as this is something great. This is something great. Because I got a captive in, you know, audience here. You know? And they'll take the gospel. See, we have to look at things from God's perspective. Nothing happened to Paul that God didn't allow to happen. And so, me, I knew that I would be very upset. I would be uh, probably depressed, didn't want to eat anything, you know. Uh, and, and, and what kind of example would I have been to this praetorium God who was chained to me? And what did he go back and tell his fellows? He was, uh, this, I was with this Christian. He was supposed to be a Christian. Man, I tell you what, I, tried, I had to try to cheer him up. See, the world shouldn't be trying to cheer us up in our workplaces just because uh, we didn't get the promotion that we wanted to get or whatever the situation may be, people talking about us or whatever the situation may be, we're supposed to be cheering them up in the midst of our circumstances. So this is what encouraged me. I said, wow, this is really cool here. I'm learning something about Paul. I'm learning something about, about uh, what God allows to happen to me Use it to promote the gospel and to, to, to exalt Jesus Christ. That's, that's what he's doing here. I don't care what he's, what's going on. It might not be called by God, but if it's allowed by him, then he's going to get you through it because he says so. He'll never leave you. He's going to always be with you. Then it says here in verse 14, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. See, this is causing now the other Christians that's not in prison, not in jail, to say, man, Paul is, Paul is in jail, and he is proclaiming the gospel. I shouldn't fear either. I shouldn't have, you know, that message that was taught when we went to, went to the synagogue the other time? That message taught on, 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 you know, getting rid of fear. I'm going to get rid of this stuff. Perfect love casts out fear. So I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to push this fear out because God loves me and I love him. Are we saying that? You know? That's what they're saying. And so they, they start proclaiming the, the gospel also because they said, let them put me in jail. I'll get some, we'll, we'll spread this thing really quickly then because I'll be chained to somebody and I'm going to be like Paul. If Paul can do this thing in jail, I can do this thing outside of jail because what can they do to me? They can't do to me no, no more than they did to him. Put him in jail. You see, you see how, how, how this is helping other people have faith because of your faith. Because of your boldness, it, it helps somebody else be bold. Now just think of uh, people, uh, you know, when I used to teach high school, the people who talk about Christians and who make a stand for Christianity, and the, the students want to talk about them. But I tell you, it, 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 if, if you stand, and you teach your children to stand, that can encourage other Christians to stand. And the same thing on your job. 
You see? Uh, you you got to stand for what you believe in. You got to stand for. Then it says here that some be to be sure are preaching Christ even from envy and strife. But some also from goodwill. So we got people teaching both things. They 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 so the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, rather than from pure motive, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. And see, Paul didn't go around telling the Praetorium God, man, man, I'm in here. I shouldn't be in here, but I'm in here. And there are people out there trying to proclaim the gospel. I should be out there proclaiming the gospel. He didn't spread negative stuff. Because it says in verse 18, what then? In other words, what am I going to do? People out there, they're, 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 they're proclaiming the gospel freely like I used to, out of love, but there are some who are spreading it out of just selfish ambition, trying to just rub like salt into my open wound here. They're trying to, trying to uh, make me jealous. He said, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense, I don't care if you pretend that you love God and you spread the gospel because of, of that, which I know you're not. He says, all in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. So it says, I rejoice. I don't care how Christ is proclaimed. I don't care if you're proclaiming him because you hate me and you want to get back at me. If you're proclaiming Christ in truth, then, then I, I rejoice in that. I rejoice. That's what he's saying. And so I said, wow, that, that's good. That's good. Because sometimes we talk about people who don't, uh, we know they have some flaws, but they are proclaiming Christ. And he said, man, I rejoice. I rejoice. Then it says here, another section here, is that you can hear his, his passion here. Let's look at the passion of starting in verse, uh, the, the latter part of, of verse 18. Yes, and I will rejoice. He says, he said, in this I rejoice. Then he said, yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. And then the King James might say salvation, but it means deliverance. Through your prayers and, and provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, this is telling me something. Oh, this is telling me something important. It should be telling you something important. Now, here this, is this church in Philippi. Uh, uh, Philippi. This is this church in Philippi. And, and it's just saying here, look, I know this is going to turn out for my deliverance through your prayers. Through your prayers, he is including them in his deliverance. And it is important that people pray for you. I don't care if it's two people. It's important for them to pray for you. It's important for you to get prayer for them. It's very important. Because he's saying that, that, that I know that it's going to turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So, in other words, 
The Holy Spirit is going to provide a way for me to be, be delivered. But you included too. Your prayers going to be uh, a source that going to be used for my deliverance. I said, oh, my goodness gracious. Thank God for, for, for prayer people. Because you got, you got prayer people who come over here and pray for the church. And they, it's not but two of them come. My reform come, and they come. I mean, they come faithfully. I mean, come and faithful for years and years and years. But you don't get thanks. You don't get thanks. Prayer people don't get a lot of thanks because people don't know they're praying. And if you tell people they're praying, it's all it's good. Praise God, somebody praying for me. But you don't go to go help them pray. How much more can you send? The enemies of flight, if we have this whole body here praying, when I say on, on, on our week of prayer, um, I think it starts in 26 or something. Anyway, it's the last week of, um, of this month. Prayer and fasting. And I'm going to say, and we, we're praying and fasting for, for Easter service. And I'm saying, hey, on Thursday, I'll tell you now, on Thursday, it's the last Thursday of the month during the time. I want all, all of us to come and pray Thursday night for the body of Christ, for the nation, for our Easter service. I want everybody to come. If you can. Some people work. They can't come. Some people are sick. They might can't come. You pray for the sick. Pray. Now, wouldn't it be great if people say, hey, Paul said that he depended, he knew he was going to get delivered because of the prayers of the church at Philippi. Well, wouldn't it be great if, if you knew that you were going to get healed, you, your, 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 your uh, loved ones are going to get saved, we're going to have many people who you invite for Easter service, and they say, well, hey, I believe I'll come. When normally you've invited them before, and they, they say, oh, yeah, I, I might show up. And you know they're not coming. But because of the prayers of the saints, they come. If we're praying for the lost, because you want the lost saved, you want the unchurched church, but how are they going to come if, if God's already said that, that uh, God is world blinded the eyes of those so they can't see the glorious uh, uh, light of Jesus Christ? How they going how to... How to, how to how the blind is going to be pulled off the eyes if the prayer doesn't pull it off? You see what I'm saying? You say, well, I can pray at home. Well, it's great if every, every single person prayed at home. That's good. But how much more if everybody come and together we pray, right? How much, how much more is going to be done uh, with that? Uh, as you read in Acts, you know, he, one of the, one of the uh, apostles, he was, Delivered by an angel, but the prayers were the prayers of the saints were going up. They're praying in all earnestly, and that's what we want to do. We want to pray, 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 okay? Because after all, you could stay home and say, "Well, God says if two of you gather together in my name, there I am in the midst." So I'm not ever going to church because uh, me and my daughter, me and my my son, me and my wife, we're gonna pray at home. We're gonna worship at home, and we're gonna read the Bible at home. 
and we don't need to go, we don't need a church. Who? Well, there's people that think like that. Out in, I mean, many people in Lynchburg who think like that. But don't you know that that's not how Jesus thought? That's not what Jesus said in his word. That's not what Paul said. That's not what the Holy Spirit wrote. Because expose your arms and you say, well, I'm going to bed because, uh, you know, it's daylight saving time. I mean, it's spring forward. Uh, let's go to bed a little early. And your arm, your leg, you know, your feet say, oh, I'm not going. I'm not going to bed this early. It's too early. You know, it's too early. Game is on. I'm not going. Isn't that something? You can't go nowhere without all your whole body going. There's some things you're not going to do without the rest of your body. Right? There's some things God has called us to do that is not going to get done if all of us don't come together and do it. You'll see that a little bit later, as Paul said. So Paul is, Paul is he's got a passion in this thing. And he says that, according to my, this on verse 20, according to my earnest expectation and hope, and this, this is, I mean, he, he's looking. I mean, he's like leaning on the edge of his chair, looking. He says, uh, my earnest expectation, he expects this thing to happen. He has confidence, uh, joyful confidence, that's that hope, that I will not be put to shame in anything. Paul said, my earnest expectation and my hope is that I will not be put put to shame in anything. And you say, well, hmm, well, we know about shame, don't we? Have any of you felt ashamed any time in your life? And you usually feel ashamed if you have some guilt or you have something that didn't happen the way you wanted to happen because you were trying to impress somebody, whether it's your parents, whether it's your uh, boss, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's your friends or whoever it is, you're trying to impress somebody. And if you didn't impress them, then you feel ashamed because now they didn't have you don't get the accolades. You don't get the, hey, congratulations. You know, you, you, you get the, uh, you know, kind of, oh, that's okay. You know, don't worry about it. I know you forgot your lines. You know, like in a play. Have you ever been in a play or seen a play? And, and it, it's get ready for this person coming together. They got their little lines. They got to say, and then they're, they forgot. Somebody backstage trying to, pew, 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 try to tell them his lines. And, and they Look about, you know, and forgot their line. And, and see, people in the audience are doing what you're doing. They're sneaking And see, the person is embarrassed, right? They, they feel ashamed because next time when they go see you or see the parent, they're going to say, oh, man, you know, I don't want to go to school anymore because they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be picking at me. Well, don't, don't feel bad. It's okay. You, you tried, you know. Uh, no, uh, you want to, you want People say, hey, you did a great job, boy. You really, really, you really lit that thing up, you know. You hit it. That's what you want. It happened to me when I was uh, in college. Uh, many times, I mean, this thing happened to me. But I'm going to tell you about one time. Uh, I was in college, and, and uh, you remember I told you one time that my idol, which, which back then I wasn't saving, so my idol was this fellow named Cedric Sud. He was my, my, my sister's boyfriend. Uh, he made, uh, this is about, about back in 57, he made, uh, I mean, he was just running touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, he just was so, so good. And he made the, what, what the All-Star game, which is called the Shrine Bowl game. 
and he had to take his own equipment, but not his own uh, pants and jersey. He had to take his own equipment, shoulder pads and everything. And, man, I had these shoulder pads on. I had the hip pads on. I had his shoes on. And I was riding my bicycle down the street. I mean, I was just, I was, it was like a thrill. It was a thrill. He got a scholarship to Indiana University back in 57. Man, you don't get no scholarship no in there. They ain't even, man, you know, man, you, man, you get a black in Indiana University in 57. You, he better be good. And I'm going to tell you, here it is, I'm in college now. And, I, I, you know, I played football because of him. I went out for the football team. And getting killed because of him, because I want to be like him. See? And 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 we're playing Maryland State, and he had transferred from Indiana to Maryland State, and now he's he's out of college. He's he, he's you know, but he comes to the game because he heard that I was playing on NCC's team. So uh, here I am starting. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm starting. Cedric's going to see me starting. You know? He's going to be proud of me. Can't wait to after the game. Well, I, I, was, I, was, I was not a good, a good player. I was okay, but I was not good. I couldn't catch. Couldn't catch a lick. Matter of fact, I didn't know I needed glasses until I went to get my license. I refused to get, get glasses because I thought, you know, they look stupid with glasses on. Uh, so I couldn't see good because I didn't wear glasses. Didn't have, I didn't know anything about contact. And we played most of our games at night. But in, in, in college, we played them during the daytime on Saturday. But I couldn't see good. Uh, and here the quarterback throws me a ball. And I go out for the pass. And I said, it can't, it can't be for me. <laughs> it's a, I said, it's a little high anyway. It, it must be, Pete must be over here. It must be for him. So I ducked. And, and lo and behold, when I duck and then I lift up, this Maryland State dude intercepted the pass. Shoot, they're, they're running down the other end of the field. Run, I mean, they're, they're headed for the I said, oh, God. Coach took me out. Took me out. Sit down. <laughs> I didn't start. No more. No more. That was it. That was it for my... If <laughs> I hit the field, it's because I will... We're, we're winning so so much, you know. And and so uh, he said, what you trying to do, throw the game or something? You know, uh, you know, because it looked that way. And and I know the ladies don't know nothing about football. But but I'm telling you, if, if, you, if you see somebody do that, here, they're the only, only one wearing maroon and gray in that area. Everybody else wearing Maryland state colors. And he ducks. And they intercept him and run the touch. It is, I mean, this, this is... Ridiculous. After the game, I wanted to crawl in a tunnel and get on the bus to go back to NCC. Because I was ashamed. You hear what I'm saying? I was ashamed because if I saw Cedric, what is he going to say to me? I wanted him to be able to say after the game, man, you really did a great job. Well, I'm proud of you. You know, I wanted him to be able to say that, so I wanted to do something good. Well, that's what... Uh, anybody wants, right? But that's not what Paul wanted. That's not that's not in Paul's repertoire to be ashamed. That's not what he's talking about. He says that he says here that 
according to my earnest expectation, verse 20, and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything. He's not saying so that I'll be congratulated. I'll get accolades. Everybody will know that I did a good job because that's what we want, but not feel shame. But this is what this is what Paul said, which I want to be able to say. I don't want to ever, ever be trying to impress people anymore. I don't care who they are. I don't want to try to impress anybody. I want to be like Paul when it says that, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will be even now, as always, be exalted in my body. That's what we want. We want Christ to be exalted. So we don't want to be ashamed because we want Christ to be exalted. I didn't want to be ashamed because I wanted Cedric to, to think I was doing a good job. This fellow, little fellow who lost, who did forget, forgot his line, he didn't want to feel ashamed the next day because he didn't want his classmates to be snickering at him. He wanted his classmates to say, boy, you really, you really did a good job. Boy. You really did a good But Paul is not thinking about him. He's thinking about Christ being exalted. You see, that's what he's thinking about. Because, see, after all, you know, I told you all a long time ago, it's been about a couple of years now probably, uh, I've been, uh, you know, I, I, I was trying to improve, and I said, well, and, and I read in this book where this person said, you know, um, I don't use notes. I said, oh, you don't use notes? How in the world are you going to remember all this stuff? And if you see my outline back there, you know it's a lot of stuff. Well, a lot of scriptures. You say, well, how do you do that? If you had the mind of Christ, you don't have to worry about it, right? But let me ask you something. How would you feel if you got up here and you forgot something? You just went blank. You couldn't remember. How do you think I'll feel? Ashamed, wouldn't you? But I don't want to feel ashamed because of me. Ever, 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 I don't want that thought ever cross my mind. You know, it has crossed my mind. You know, especially like the other Saturday we had an elder meeting. The first Saturday we had an elder meeting, and they they uh, gave me some extra stuff I needed to do my message, and I had to try to memorize that. Man, I already had the other memorized in it because all get jumbled up, and I wanted to blame them, uh, but I said, well, <laughs> I take my notes up here. I can always blame them. You know, so John and Sam told me I need to add this to this thing. And I couldn't memorize all this thing there. So today, I'm going to use my notes. You know, so that's fine. I don't care. You know. But see, I said, no, I'm not using any notes because I want to trust Christ that he's going to keep me going. You know? And, and, and so if I ever forget anything, I'm not going to be ashamed because my purpose is that Christ will be exalted. That's what I, that's my, and, and, and that's what I uh, tell people, I, I tell God, each Sunday, God, I don't want, I did this on, God, I don't want to be up there coughing and take away from you. 
I don't want to, I don't want the attention to be on me. I want attention to be on you. So that's why I don't want to cough and keep coughing, 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 and coughing, and coughing, and coughing. Because sometimes I cough and I can't stop coughing. So um, the the thing is that that we have to think that way in everything we say, in everything we do, in every place we go, we want Christ to be exalted. In the grocery store, that's what we want. Christ to be exalted. When the lines are long, when, when, when you're standing there uh, in, in the self-checkout thing, and sometimes every place is filled up, to the, and, and so you you got people standing, but they don't stand in one long line. They stand in you know, two lines, sometimes three. And then you know you've been here longer than that person who just got there, and then the person opens, and they go, and, and you want to say, hey, I'm, I'm not, you, you jumped in front of me. I'm next. You want to say that, but you know But do you? Is Christ going to be glorified because of that? What you want to say is the lady behind you or the man behind you say, hey, you can go ahead on. You got less than I got. Less stuff than I got. Oh, that's okay. No, go ahead on. Well, thank you, young man. You, you're so nice. You want Christ to be exalted. Right? In everything we do and everything we say. So stop praying for snow during the weekend, Stella. Christ can't be exalted in Lynchburg if it snows on Sunday and we can't come to church. You understand? Because Christ needs to be exalted in everything, in everything we do, in everything we say, in every place we go, everything we look at, Christ needs to be exalted. And that's how Paul was. That was so exciting. And, and then it says here, but with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether life by life or death. So you say, oh, wait a minute, by life or death? I thought you just said that you know that it's going to turn out for your deliverance. Well, it is. He's going to be delivered if he dies. He's going to be delivered if he lives. Either way, he's gonna be he's gonna be delivered, and their prayers and uh, the the Holy Spirit will lead and guide into whatever God's will is. That's what He wants to happen. Then it says here in verse one, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That's what that's what we that's what, that's what we say. Why would Paul say something like that? How did he view death? But if I, because he, 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 you know why he did it. Because to die is to be with Christ. It says, but if I am to live on in the flesh, I will, it would mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose. So he's saying that he can choose. It says, but I am hard pressed from both directions, having, he's a hard press, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, and that is very much better. So he knows it's better to be with Christ. So now, when it says that, you automatically know you're not going to some holding place, and, and maybe you can now do some things 
and, and hope somebody pray for you, and then you can uh, maybe get to heaven, you know? No. No. Theologically, Paul is saying here that to depart and be with Christ. Meaning if he dies, he's going to be where? With Christ. If we die, where are we going to be? With Christ. With Christ. We're not going to be somewhere just you know, floating around and checking things out on the earth to see who's driving your car and, you know, who's spending your money. You know, you're not going to be... It's not going to be that there. You know, you're going to be with the, with the Lord. And it says here, um, and to be with Christ, for that is very much better, verse 24, yet to remain on the flesh, in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Convinced of this, I know that I am, I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. And you just think about that. How, how, how is he convinced? Evidently, he has such a relationship with Christ that the Holy Spirit revealed to him, you're not going there. Has he done that before? Yeah. You got to be in Rome. This is not going, this ship, don't worry about it. You're not going to lose anybody. You just tell them to stay on the ship. Everything will be okay because you got to go to Rome. And the Holy Spirit can tell you things. And that's what you want. And that's what he told Paul. You're not, you're not going anywhere. So he said, I'm convinced of this, that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy and faith. In verse 26, it says, so that, your, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in, in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Now, listen to this one. Verse 27, this was a Another thing here that I said, okay, oh, this is, we need this right here. I need this right here. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. He's telling this church that he loves, that loves him, and he, surely he's told them this before. Only, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. You remember I told you that uh, it, worthy means it's like it's a scale. You know, the scales of justice. You got Christ died for us on this side, and then we go way up. And then it says that, okay, we need to conduct ourselves in a manner that's worthy. It will help bring the scale this way, even though it's nothing you can do to, to, uh, to prove that, hey, I'm helping, you know, to, I'm, I'm doing something for you, Christ. No, it's nothing you can do, but we have to do that only because we want to exalt what he's done want to exalt Jesus Christ and say, because you have died for my sins, I want to live a life that's worthy of that death. Because you saved my soul, I want to live a life that's worthy of you saving my soul. Right? That's what you want to do. And it says here that uh, so that whether I come to you to see you or remain absent, I will hear, and this is important, of you that you are doing a couple things. Standing firm, you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind. That's two. Striving together, that's three, for the faith of the gospel. I want to hear three things, that you're standing firm now. I don't want no wavering. 
but I want you standing firm in one spirit. I want you all to be in unity. I want you, church at uh, Philippi, I want you, uh, Philippians, to make sure that you are in one spirit together. And it says in, in another verse, uh, probably 1 Corinthians 6, somewhere there like that, 16, 7. It says that, that, that uh, uh, we were all, when you're born again, you're born and we're all born of the spirit of God. God, we are one spirit with him. And so we're all supposed to be one spirit. It does, and we're all supposed to be, have the same mind. We're supposed to have the same affection, the same will to, to promote the gospel. We need to strive together, not strive separately. We don't need to strive against each other. We need to strive together for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because when, when you think about it, it's not talking about, oh, you need to like what I like. I need to like what you like. We need to all be liking the same thing. No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Uh, because it doesn't have anything to do with the, uh, you believe the same thing about every doctrine. It doesn't mean that. You could be, you could be believing different things uh, about some things doctrinally, but it doesn't matter because it's one thing we are standing together on. The word of God is the truth, and we're going to proclaim this word everywhere we go, and we're going to live out this word everywhere we go, because what is it going to be? Let's look at it in verse 28. In no way alarming alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them. Oh, if you're not alarmed, if you're not fearful about your opponents, it's a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you. And that, too, from God. So it's from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, for Christ's sake now, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, for his sake. It's been granted. It's been granted by Christ that you believe, have faith in him, but also to suffer with him, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me, which he, they saw when he was with them, and now here to be in me, he's in prison. You're going to be suffering the same thing. God gives you, and he gives us, Two things. He gives us faith, and he gives us suffering. And he says, now, what I want you to do is have fervent love for one another. I want you to have one mind, all together in one spirit. I want you to take this gospel, and I want you to save souls. I want you to heal the sick. I want you to do all the things I've done. And it takes you doing in unity to do these things. And what it's going to be, it's going to be a sign to those who oppose you because you're going to be doing it fearlessly. They're going to be wondering, why are they like this? Like Paul. Like Paul. He's fearlessly doing the gospel. And it's like back in, 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 in way days, they were telling about the, about, you know, in the, in the arenas. They used to put Christians in the arena and let the lions out, you know, to eat them. Well, they said the Christians would just kneel down in a circle and just start praying. They didn't run. They didn't holler. They didn't squirm. And they just let the lions eat them. And for them, they're sitting there in the arena. It was a sign for them of destruction. It was a sign for the Christians 
of salvation. Because God gave them faith to believe. And also suffering. And we don't have to suffer like that, thank God. But still, there are people against us. They are. And, and, and this nation is going not the way of praise God. God is being exalted. It's going the other way. And so it might get to a point where we might be suffering more than we are suffering now. They might want to put me in jail. They might put, put Sam in jail. Uh, because they, they're teaching things that are not politically correct. So we don't know about what's going on in the future, but all we know is that God gives two things. He gives the grace through faith, and he gives the suffering. But it's through Christ, and it's going to be a sign for them. It's going to be a sign for them, our opposition. And all we need to do is stick together in one spirit, one mind, laboring together to take this gospel. And that's what chapter 1 was all about. Paul's passion, his passion of doing this. And, and to me, I said, it was an encouragement to me. I said, my goodness gracious, Paul was a heavyweight. Man, he was a giant. Because I was going to teach a message sometime, running with the giants. Paul is a giant. Wasn't, it, wasn't he a giant? My goodness gracious. And, and uh, that's, what, that's the way God wants us to be because Paul says follow me as I follow Christ that's what God wants us to be don't, don't. well that's an encouragement chapter 1 is an encouragement okay, for that let's pray I believe that that Philippians is going to be I mean it's going to be good because it's already good and it's already speaking to me uh, that some things need to be just taken to another level in our lives you know what I'm saying You'd be taken to another level. And so let the Spirit of God speak to you during the week as you meditate on that chapter. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434 847 4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.